0: right now, on, on the YouTube. We're live on YouTube. Um, <laughs> that, I'm assuming that, that we, can, we can <laughs> uh, start. Um, so we're we gonna jump right into it. And, and, you know, up top, I just want to say thank, <laughs> thank you to the three of you for joining this talk. Um, you know, you are artists and, and I'm gonna apologize up top. I have two little ones. Uh, Jessica is trying her hardest. Hey, Jessica, is she there? Yes, she's there. And, you know, she's an (laughs) artist, so she gets this and she says hello to you all. Um, And she's been awesome uh, trying to, you know, hold it down with them. Uh, But they they get it honest from their mom and their dad. So they (laughs) have a lot (laughs) of it. Uh, So they make an appearance or or you hear anything, uh, that's just what it is. but you know, up top, I'm just excited because you know, it's it's one thing to just have a conversation, but it's another to have it with people that you know you know their their work, um, you know them on other levels outside of their work, um, and then just to be able to have this kind of conversation at this time, I mean, it's it's important. Uh, so just really excited to be sitting with you guys, and you know, up top, I just really want to thank also Aaron and the fin- film roundtable uh, team for having us. Um, these kind of conversations are important. You know, we are going through, you know, changes in our society and in the industry and us as creators are always constantly, you know, thinking about them both. And so to be able to sit and do so um, is very crucial. Uh, but before we start, I just want to take time to, you know, acknowledge that, um, you know, we want to have a moment of silence here to honor all of the 786,682 reported worldwide COVID deaths as of today. Um, We would also like to honor all of our Black and Brown brothers and sisters, as well as our First Nation brothers and sisters whose lives have been taken by the hands of the police brutality and other senseless acts of violence. Um, It's important that we take these moments to acknowledge them um, because, you know, we're human before we're anything else. Um, and so I just want to take a, a moment to just have a moment of silence for that. So welcome everyone who is tuning in to us. We hope to have a really exciting, honest dialogue. Um, of course, we uh, have you know, some things that we want to talk about, but I want to remind the three of you, you know, this is our opportunity to be us. You know, this doesn't have to be you know, controlled in any way to say the right things and give the right answers or even ask the right questions. It's more just an honest dialogue um, between between us and and hopefully that the audience can sort of take away from. Um, I just wanna introduce myself for people who may or may not know. My name is Tamir Muhammad. Um, I have a company called Populous um, in which we focus on content that is speaking to pop culture. Um, And honestly, we're very artist friendly Um, And we also love content that has some level of commentary to it. Um, We have an overall deal with Warner Brothers. So Warner Brothers is our home, both on the film and TV side. We have a whole host of projects um, and continuing to sort of do the work that, you know, we set out to do. I mean, work as with artists such as, you know, Jen and and Terrence and Martine, who we have today. Um, I'm gonna introduce you guys. I'm gonna try my best to kind of go through your bio. I find sometimes when I try to cut down bios, I miss something important that was like, you should have said this, you know? So just for, uh, for time's sakes, I'm gonna go through it as much as I can, uh, but it's important that people acknowledge not only who you are, but your work. Uh, so we have Jen Nakiru, her first film was in Vogue, explores New York City's Vogue and Ballroom culture. Her recent credits include a documentary series a music subculture for Red Bull and campaign with photographer Rankin where he's selected Nikiru as one of 20 of the industry top directors and most creative talent. Her video art offering Rebirth is Necessary explores the magic and that Diane, I'm sorry, um, a blackness of past, present and future through jazz, hip-hop and Af- Afrofuturism won several awards um, the list goes on. One of your most recent work that we know you have been on is Black is King. Congratulations, Jen, on that. It was fantastic. Um, you have also have done music videos for Kamasi Washington, um, and the list goes on. Um, and so, welcome, Jen. Thank you. Um, how did I do with your bio? Did I miss anything?
1: Someone gave me some old-ass bio. i was like... <laughs> 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 I'm like.
0: So so, so, so here's what we got to do. So because like I said, bios are important. You know, who you are is important. So I'm going to skip the scripts of bios. And if you don't mind, have you introduce yourself.
1: Yeah, my name is Jenin Kiru. I'm an artist, filmmaker, African woman from and based in Peckham, South London. And I make work that reflects us. That's, that's my
0: bio to me. (laughs) (laughs) Terrence, you want to introduce yourself?
2: Sure. Um, I'm Terrence, I'm an artist. Um, you know, I think that I'm most concerned with trying to heal myself and heal, heal, heal the community and my families, um, you know, with the work that, uh, is coming through me. And, uh, yeah, I've been, uh, Just trying to implement that in anything that I endeavor to do. I'm from Dallas, Texas, originally born and raised there. Um, But now I'm nomadic.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Martine, would you like like to introduce yourself as well?
3: Sure, why not? Uh, My name is Martine Sims. I'm born, raised, and back in LA. I was nomadic, but I've been grounded. (laughs) And uh, I'm an artist, filmmaker. My work kind of, I don't know, I always struggle with describing it, but it's primarily moving images and photography, kind of just a way of thinking about life um, through form. Yeah.
0: You know, speaking of life, I mean, we're in a very interesting time um, right now. And I think, you know, before jumping into the work, you know, just wh- where are you at now? You know, like, how are you feeling about the world? How, where are your brain space in terms of your work? Just like, where are you at right now?
2: Um, in a word? <laughs> <laughs> uh i think one word is just like spinning you know like i feel a little bit dizzy um i think in ways that aren't like good or bad but just sort of like that feeling when um you know everybody played that game when your were kids like turn you around like your friends will turn you around and mm-hmm. then you have to kind of play tag like that um, <laughs> maybe that was something we did, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, there's like some sort of like, um, just uh, thing that's happening with the circumstances of, of life. I think mostly, um, all, you know, you said, you said it's 792,000, I believe was the number you said. And it's impossible for that not to feel like disorienting and startling and, you know, um, just on a very personal personal level, Um, but then I think also there's like some dynamic of, uh, sorry, (laughs) getting lots of calls, you know, (laughs) like there's there's some (laughs) dynamic of, like,
0: did, did we lose Terrence? I I
1: think we, yeah, I think we lost (laughs) him. He's gone for a minute. Back
3: <laughs> I guess it was an important call. <laughs> uh, Jin,
0: then I'll ask a question to you in this way. I mean, you said something mm. interesting uh, just recently on one of our calls about, you know, people always know you as Jin, the artist. And when they see you, the immediate question is, hey, what are you working on? What is up? What's going on? Mm. Never take that moment to just calm it down a little bit to just check in on you, like,
1: you know, mm-hmm.
0: where, you, where you're at. Um, you want to elaborate on why you think, you know, either that's important for your process or you just
3: more mm-hmm.
0: like most people make that sometimes uh, misstep and just mm. approaching artists and just saying, you know, hey, where are you, what are you up to? What do you got going on?
1: Oh, mm. well, I feel like so much of it is we live in, like, these capitalist structures right and so our value is kind of attached to like how much we're able to produce you know and so it's almost like for me like this kind of social machinic (laughs) thing that's attached to success it's like you're your success values are weighted in how much you're able to produce. And are you more of an artist if you're producing than an artist who's not producing, for example? So I feel like so many of those questions are attached to like people's like motorcom of success or like idea around like, you know, you're doing well if you're making more, you know, um, on on a particular level, you know? Um, So I think it comes from that. I'm sure it just comes to just general curiosity as well. Um, but I also think there was an article I was reading at this point a few months ago around, you know, when you're not working and you're resting, because we're having this conversation, I know it's all to do with our, you know, the, our practice in a holistic way, like when you're not working and you're resting or you're just taking in, that's work too, you know, because it it takes all of those processes and all of those spaces to be able to make the work and work doesn't just appear from the ether, right? Like. You know, there's there's a certain level of like consideration, reflection, um, stillness that it takes to make and create. So,
0: yeah, do no. I think you froze?
1: I think I lost you all, but I'm yeah, back. Yeah, yes, I yeah. think
0: for just a quick oh. second. We'll finish your last. Yeah. Second. Okay.
1: Cool. <laughs> Um, I was, um, I was saying, I think, up until I was like saying like how like, um, you know, there's so much that involves the work. So there's an aspect of like reflection, aspect of stillness and aspect of observation that it takes to make the work and all that is making the work, you know. Um, And so I think it's about having relationships, healthy relationships to, for me, let me speak for myself, for me what I've learned at this point, it's all about having healthy relationships to stillness, which um, I think we're still connected. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. You're still here. Okay, cool. Um, uh, still, yeah, having healthy relationships to stillness and reflection and rest, you know? Um, a lot of traffic back here. <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, So yes, I think for me, like, that's kind of like where I've been in this, in this section of time, like, you know, I have been working remotely, but at the same time, really like spending time, like, with family. Ooh, my G, that door, man. (laughs) Um, So yeah, like really thinking about, you know, really thinking about like, leaning into stillness, you know, um, and um, reflection. So that's what this time really has been for me. I have been making, as I said, but um, kind of like my focus has been primarily on stillness and rest,
0: which is so important. Um, and Martin, mm. you know, as Jenna speaking to stillness and rest, you you spoke about just now about using using to be. Um, Nomadic, but kind of being still. You used to be that. But now there's a level of mm-hmm. for you, Martine. So, what do you think is sort of the difference? Uh, do you have you found there's been a difference in sort of being able to anchor, or is that sort of nomadic feeling part of what created you know ideas for you, or that feeling of just going through life? And how has the process been? Mm. Well, it's definitely been a change just in sense
3: of my day-to-day, I guess. Um, I agree with Jen as well as like my relationship to stillness, but also like local, like um, being very on the ground and aware of what's going on in Los Angeles um, in a way that I guess I felt so much more concerned maybe with a global context for the last few years. And I really haven't been in LA, though I live here. You know, I haven't been here more than maybe like two months the past few years. Um, So being here for an extended time has kind of been cool in that regard. My family's all here. So similarly spending time with them and um, shifting my focus a bit. Also, I think for me, in addition to stillness, which is necessary just to like connect with your own voice and think about what you want to say and what you've done, having time to reflect on everything I've done the last few years also gives me time to think about what I'd like to do next and um but more so than that I feel I've been really over the last two years but really since all this has been going on dealing with the unknown and really having a relationship that in my process and my practice has always been a big thing like I feel like when I don't know where a project's going or I start to feel like I'm not sure about this that's when it starts to get really interesting and I have like I'm really good with going with that but I can be A lot more dialed in my life and not as comfortable with uncertainty (laughs) and so like um it's been kind of good for me to like give that up a little bit and try and live more like the way I make work and be like all this is I don't there doesn't need to be some immediate uh outcome to anything and it's just been yeah I mean I've been do doing stuff but it also feels very like uh it hasn't been my focus. My focus has really been on just, um, I guess, local issues and being, um, yeah, I don't know, thinking about how I want to be in the world. And I think this is a cool time where it's like, everything maybe that we were told we had to do, though I'm always kind of questioning that stuff right now, there's, it's becoming obvious to more people. I guess things that maybe all of us have already known across in various ways they're becoming um popular uh like something like defund the police i never thought i would just see being talked about on nightly news so that i'm thinking more broadly about like ways of working who i'm working with and who i want to be working with um on like a really like a more deep connection aside from just sort of like a hustle
0: yeah yeah um, you know, so we, used to hustling. I'm so used to
3: hustling. I'm tired yeah, of hustling. it, I'm
2: Tired of it. You know, <laughs> why were we even hustling in the first place? Right. That's, what I'm, that's like, what I'm saying. It's like we were like, because also like just like it just. I mean, I even get affected by this. It's just like it keeps us from kicking it with each other enough on a basic yeah. level. Like, you know, just like the. It's just so we have to kick it more. And I mean, it's weird because like, we're in a moment where like kicking it is deadly, you know, you know, like literally, but it's like, you said something, you were just talking about how like not the focus, I recognize that myself, like the focus on the quote unquote work. I actually was thinking that like, I want to replace work in my vocabulary with play. Like every time I want to say work, I'm, like, I'm going to go over here and play, play with this or play on that play on this project, play on that thing. Because what she said was just, it framed so much of like what I think my attitude was. It and it is to still, but like that it's now clear. It's like, there's a this focus of this concept of a practice. It's like external to, to me and my body. And then there's all the practice that you have to do to just like, you know, connect with people and like the gift of that you know what i mean the gift of just like being around each other you know what i mean we're being around your neighbors you know um and how much more essential that is now it's taken away or like challenged you know but yeah we was hustling for such a long time and it's like
0: (laughs) And it's so it's so funny because we all in our own right have arrived in to some you know some degree in our careers and you know it's moments like this I always remind myself of the thing that I've always taught myself is to never stop being a student you know for me that quiet moment is for me to go be a student you know I find myself often just going back and binge watching shows that I thought worked and trying to dissect why they worked and then go talk to people who love those shows and connect with them in that way and see a different perspective of why they worked. Um, you know, and and then sometimes be a student in human behavior because, you know, a lot of times, again, human behavior tells us a lot about, you know, how we navigate politics of our personal lives, this industry, you know, who we decide to work with and don't work with, you know, similar to what you say, Martin, you could you could pick up the energy that somebody may not be right for something. Uh, Much quicker um, when you go and you just study these things. Um, So we all kind of have a process. And and speaking of which, you know, Terrence and you know, you've worked with me enough to know one of my biggest things. I always say, you know, especially as a producer or even an exec, you have to meet artists where they're at. You know, and that doesn't necessarily just mean like where they're at with the project, but where they're at as an individual. um, And that checking in is important. And so you know. Throwing it back to you, Terrence, you know, what, what would be some of the things that you, somebody was to work with you? People always want to know what it's like to work with Terrence Nance is one of the number one questions I get asked. Um, <laughs> That's it, <a> good question. <laughs> the reason why is because you, I think you have a style about your work that there's a range. You know, you're not somebody you could just put in and say, this is what Terrence does, which is what I love about you. So because you can do sort of documentary scripted, you know, narrative, and there's a process that, you know, someone has to, to go to achieve it in the level that you do. It's not something you just pick up a camera and go shoot. So there's, there's, there's details into it. So um, I would tell you more from an industry standpoint, people always want to know that, like, you know, how do you work with an artist like that, that has that range? Um, and so my question, I guess, is sort of like, What are some of those things that you would say are tangible or intangible that an artist like yourself would need to kind of get into the space to do your best work?
2: I think I'm, you know, I think I'm trying to determine that going forward for sure, you know, because I think what I would have thought that would be, which is, you know, first like the proper resources, you know, human and otherwise to like the proper team to achieve whatever is, you know, at hand. But yeah, I mean, I think just one thing about like, what I want to bring into the process is just flow states, like whatever, you know, I've always just been like, I'm a musician and I really feel like the reason I need to do that is because it's the easiest way to be like instantly in a kind of body spirit flow state by like singing or picking up an instrument in some way it's just like very clear and I know like you know Jen DJs so like I can see that like when I'm on set with Jen like that flow state that feeling that assembling things you know our team makes music you know so I know that like a lot of us know what that's like and i have found that maybe in other in the past when trying to work on stuff i've been not i've i haven't been able to like consistently get that feeling making films just because of like it's got a lot of stops and starts and deliberations when like a you know when in a music context it's a lot of the deliberation is in a flow, you know, like a lot of the coming to consensus is just in a moment, you know, that can't, it happens. But I think that like, hopefully going forward, there's just like that energy of kind of like making music in a band that's just like, flow, you know, flowing kind of spiritual energy through the body together. And I, I, I read something, God, who was it? It was a filmmaker, the guy who made, um, he was talking about The Wrestler. Who made The Wrestler? Uh, um, that guy. It's Aronofsky, <laughs> isn't it? Aronofsky, yeah. <laughs> he, I think he was saying about The Wrestler that like he got, got tired of m- making movies where there was le- very little time between action and cut. Because the time between action and cut is like the flow time. And if, you know, if the movie is like extremely kind of like, I guess planned out or meticulously predetermined, you know, kind of like Hitchcockian way, that means there's less sort of, like Martin was saying, uncertainty um, to work out between action and cut. And so I think on the rest of it, it was just more like, let's see where this goes, you know what I mean? So, and not that it, that's always the way, but like, I wonder, I wonder now, like how to, how to create that with a high level of consistency, that like flow state, you know, like everybody has like, whenever you what every drummer has this, I feel like drummers and bass players have this, they have this face they make <laughs> and they're like, and there's this amazing uh, film. Um, so I'm, so I'm saying, so I, I was Alex Coltrane playing with Pharoah Sanders at the East, I believe. And just looking at their faces while they're playing, or like Michael Jordan with his tongue out, you know that's one of, like that. How do we get to that? You know what I mean? Like every day, <laughs> you know what I mean? That's like that's the vibe. You know what I mean?
0: Jen and Martine, I asked it to you too. Like, what are what are one, what are some of those tangible and intangible things that you need to, in order to kind of get into your space to do your best work? Um, well. One thing for me is honestly, like, like a kind
3: of support, like in terms of, like Karen said, resource wise, but also just I have a, like my studio team, for example, like one thing about us all working together that I think is allows for that kind of flow state is a kind of intimacy, I guess, like a professional intimacy, but like, still, we're really there, we're really showing up for each other. And also, there's no like, it's like everybody's in it. And I think when I think of my own like directing style, I guess I I am interested in letting scenes play out. I like the live, you know, and I like kind of trying to combine real time live, a more theatrical or a scenario, actors and um, non-professionals, some things that are scripted get the best of both worlds. And I think part of what that is, is it is, it brings everything, there's stakes, I guess, yeah. I like in my work there to be stakes. Like I feel like whenever I'm thinking about an exhibition, I'm always thinking about what am I, tra- what am I trying to say? A kind of strong visual impact, but also that there's stakes that I'm that are real for me, that then anyone who's encountering my work, it, it's real for them. And that's kind of what creates, I feel like, that like people resonating or connecting with people.
0: Mm-hmm. In for yourself
1: um, I think mine for me is more spirit based <laughs> um, I feel like I'm constantly looking for I think me and my dreams have a really interesting relationship um, so I think that's a space that I like to In you know, is to kind of like my thing is like um, trying to create space or trying to create energetically space for like the ancestors to come in. Like that's something that I'm very kind of like concerned with, and then also like it's um, doing a lot of um, a lot of listening, you know like just but listening not on like um on like a person to person level i'm particularly interested in just like the idea of like like somatic listening so that's kind of like how you do uh, that i can't tell you <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm, trying live, I'm trying to learn <laughs> i'm trying to learn
0: how to way to see yeah
3: <laughs> intuition though
1: Intuition, thank you, Martine. That's it.
3: Yeah, intuition is so
1: important. Intuition, you know? And listening to that, because I feel like for, and again, this is such a, we're trying here to have like a holistic conversation. Like that's something for a long time, like personally and professionally, you know, I would hear and it was very clear, but sometimes I would go against, you know, and like, that's where my biggest learnings For one, for a better term of saying, like, you know, you know, my biggest learnings, like, came from, like, when I went against my intuition. But when I follow my intuition, like, that's where my groundedness and my oneness kind of, you know, comes in at that point. So, yeah.
0: See, that's why I also appreciate your work. And I can say the same thing for you, Martine, as well. Like, you know, there's a fearlessness in it, you know, and I think, and Terrence, you too, by the way but there's a fearlessness in it. And I think sometimes people lock their intuition because they're afraid that they're going to have to learn a lesson or fail. Um, and when you approach the work in this way, you know, when, and you trust that intuition, that's sometimes when you get results that, you know, even you are sometimes steps back, you know.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I, I constantly get amazed when I sort of start a project with, a, with an artist and then see how it lands and, it's all those times when they were, went fearlessly about it, like fearlessly about it, where it kind of got the best results, that intuition. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, Terrence, um, t- tell me something that you appreciate about gentle.
2: Yeah. Let me count the ways, Man. I, <laughs> feel, like, I feel like that there, there's this... There's, um, kinetic energy you know you just talked about like listening to the body there's a few there's a few moments i think in most things i've seen you work on where the body bodies of the characters are just like expressing in this kinetic way like kinetic body language that you know transcends i think any spoken language, any, any kind of like any other way of talking, even schematically. I think that like there's a there's something about. I remember you just mentioned it one time that you DJ that you came up doing a lot of DJing. It's something about like imagining bodies as records, or something like you know imagining bodies moving through time as records. Um, especially like you know just how how technology the 24 frames per second concepts is manipulated how you manipulate it it's just like really you have a mastery of that you know especially like how bodies move through that 24 frame kind of synaptic space and communicating with that you know communicating all of our sort of joy how how thrilling we can be as black people you know it's like i i I wonder you know Watching you work a little bit up close, it's also not a matter of just busyness and movement. Like a matter of stillness too. You know what I mean? It's like it's the whole lexicon of movement is put into play and, and languaging that. So yeah, I mean, that's the that's one big thing that comes to mind. You know, just like I very much think he's like a scientist. You know, like in that, <laughs> in that way, um, you know, you kind of have a specific signature of mastery on that particular science, like manipulating motion, how people like, there's that, there's this moment in rebirth, but I don't, it doesn't, maybe it's reversed, but I don't really know, you know, like, (laughs) and people are kind of like hopping in this really like hypnotic way. And I remember that was kind of like the moment where I was like, what is being said with the body through time, you know? Person and with these bodies, need the time. Um, Yeah, I think that's that's one big.
0: I'm sorry, I was uh, muted just for a quick second. Um, Just little ones. but you know i asked that and i asked that just because again you know i think from an artist to an artist there's an appreciation that i think people could see from artist to artist that sometimes you know other people may not be able to see and and without putting you jen on the spot what are some of the things that you appreciate about martine's work
1: i feel like very much like the conversation like we're having is like it's so inspiring for me to see other artists in fact let not even pull back I remember like saying to someone a couple of years ago that I was seeing you know like Martine's work seeing Khalil's work seeing Terence's work seeing Bradford's work and saying like how encouraged I felt to make the work I wanted to make because these are individuals who are confident in their voice you know and these are individuals who are committed to understanding who they are as artists and committed to their voice, you know? Um, And how much that feels, how much that also encourages me and others to be so committed to our voices too, because I think, and the reason why that becomes so important to me, like in Martine's work and all our work is because, it's this idea, or I would say like this visualization of Uh, what blackness is, or even just what humanity is and what humanity can be has been so narrow, you know, for such a long time. Um, Or it's been, it's been seen in a particular, it's been visualized in a particular way for so long. Um, So I think for me, it's that, it's confidence, really. If I like put it down to that, it's confidence. It's, and also it's, it's a confidence and wants them to be because she can live with those mistakes, right? As opposed to living with the mistakes that are by virtue of someone else's decisions or impositions on her. Like she wants the mistakes that she, can, she makes, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know, there's something in that for me, um, in all our work, Martine's work specifically, where it's like, you can see there's a level of voice. There's a clear sense of voice you know, pushing through—that um, inspires me um, and inspires so many. So, yeah. Thank you. Of course. <laughs> Not even, of course. <laughs>
0: Thank you. It, you <laughs> see, it. It, it, I asked that question is such an important one because see, you, Jen, as an artist, could pick up on those things sometimes. And mm. you know, I think it's there, obviously, when people see Martine's work, but you know, artist to artist is such a different sort of lens, you know, um, and, and Martine, uh, what is something you appreciate about Terrence's work?
3: I appreciate Terence's work is that uh, he wears his heart on his sleeve and it's always <laughs> like so filled with love. Like even from the first, you know, oversimplification of beauty, I remember seeing it, going to a screening and seeing it, not knowing I didn't know him at the time when I saw the film, but I met him not too long after. But it's so like it was real heart to heart connection. And I like um, that kind of vulnerability, I guess. And similar to what Jen's saying about something we all do, uh, I'll say a, a Prince story, <laughs> which is that there's like a thing that Prince say he released all his recordings because they're like some aspect of himself even if it was unrecognizable to him that somebody else might connect with it because it was him and it was a part of him. And I just think like what I appreciate also and just having been in conversation um, with all of you guys, but specifically Terrence for a few years is is that kind of into intuition and vulnerability and I was just thinking about when you were talking about Jen your your relationship to intuition like a few years ago I was I had done a project I really hated and I was so mad about doing it and it was like this whole thing and I didn't you know whatever so I was like telling somebody oh that was the worst thing I did I should have I knew from the second I was asked I shouldn't have done it and they were like how did you know like did they say something and I was like no I just knew and they were like well how can you know and I was like you don't have that you don't have that just like (laughs) yes no go left right and and they were like they were like looking at me all crazy and then I was like holy shit if I feel that I gotta trust it because it's like a gift right not everybody I just thought it was something everybody felt like that and um you know, I've really seen in the choices that you guys have made um, and just the space. I think absolutely it's about like pushing for the space to make different kinds of work because I think I can get really bored with film. I'm a real lover of film. I, mm-hmm. I grew up being obsessed with cinema. I went to film school for undergrad, for grad school. I taught film and I'm like, I just get so fucking bored. It's like, come on, let's do some yes. different thing. Why is this the same story? And, and I think having um, not just visually, but also in terms of structure, in terms of including music, including text, like I really like the way, um, yeah, Terrence, you play with all of those things. And it's a kind of uh, allowing for space to be like completely vulnerable. And I always connected with that.
2: Mm. Oh, thank you.
1: That <laughs> <In> my
0: ear. <laughs> and Terrence, you know, you, you know, at this point, we're like, we're like brothers. You know, I remember when Jessica first introduced me to you, what is it, like 14 years now or something? I don't even know, man. <laughs> you know, you, you were coworkers. We had no hair on our faces. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, you got to see my coworkers work. I was like, maybe. She's like, no, trust me. I was like, oh, okay i never forget, I popped in that, that DVD that you hand drew on the cover. We still have it. <laughs> and I was like, who is this guy? Uh, and the rest is history. Uh, but what I also appreciate you about Terrence is that for me, I know that the work is personal for you. You know, like you're not just doing it for you and Terrence or whatever. Like you're doing it for the faces back in Dallas that you know. You're doing it for the faces in Brooklyn that you know. You know, you're doing it for, the people that are you gonna bring on to the project, um, and, you know, a lot of times you don't have artists who think in that way, and nor am I saying that they have to, but it's just again, it's that sort of sort of energy. I think you know of why I always you know love working with you because we're in it for those same reasons, uh, which is why I want to shout out Bridgeport, Connecticut. If there's anyone listening, because you know, Bridgeport don't get the same love as Dallas and LA and all these places, but it's important for me to uplift Bridgeport, Connecticut because like, you know, there's some little black boy a little black girl who looks like us that don't even know things like this are possible. And so, you know, it takes people like myself to have to acknowledge, you know, Bridgeport, for example, and uh, in, in it all. Um,
3: it, Wait, I have to interject to just say I was shooting in Soweto last year and somebody this kid came up, who wasn't part of the shoot, but just came up and was like, "Hey, were you on Random Acts of Flyness?" And I was like, "I wasn't, but I know who you're talking about. That's my <laughs> homie, and it's my homie show." And he was just like, ah! And I was like, "Really? I wasn't even associated, but it was sick." <laughs> In terms of like a global go uh, front,
2: like, I got, we got to tell them the that. real real story that it was only a scheduling conflict. That the the, the meant that Martine was not associated. Unfortunately, you know, you were the first, basically one of the first people I asked to be on it, but alas, <laughs> schedules, uh, I, but you but know. I felt pride
3: she, for the greater
2: <laughs> the squad. Yeah, we, we, the greater squad is always one. It's funny because actually Diamond's, the, the piece you did with Diamond, um, with the gestures, that was actually the first time I, she came into my consciousness. So, like, you very much inserted her into the show by, like, it wouldn't have if I didn't. And you know, shout out to Nuitama who who actually did all the, like, you know, it should be diamond and like made it happen. But I think, like, my familiarity with her through you was, you know, a huge part of that. So, um, yeah, it's, it, all this stuff is so cyclical, and like, it's and that's the intuition thing too. Like, I feel like. Intuition works so much in that way for me. You know, like it doesn't it doesn't work in a hyper subjective way. You know, like spirit comes to me through like other people like interceding and then like things that seem like they can't be coincidental happening. And then if that's not happening, then I know I need to be like out a little bit. So it's, it's interesting, like even you saying that now, like, cause I used to, um, you know, I lived in South Africa for a while and actually that same, I was in in, um, Kailisha actually. And it, it's funny because a kid walked up to me and asked me if I knew Vivica Fox. And I remember that being really strange. <laughs> but <laughs> it was like, yo, do you know Vivica Fox? Because I have a message for Vivica. And it, and then he had some acting critique. It was like a critique on some things she was in at the time. And I don't know, but it was really interesting. But it, it, it taught me like something about Black American cultures reach in that moment that was like really important to like always consider, but yeah, it's funny. I,
0: I just want to take a quick pause to answer a question that we have from the audience. Um, and, and Martine, you mentioned that you taught film. And so they, they want to know where they could sign up for class. If you're still teaching.
3: I am, I'm not teaching right now, <laughs> but most recently at Cal art California Institute of the arts. Um, but I've taught a few other places. But yeah, I'm on a, I'm, I'm focusing on my work right now. So. Shouts to all my students. <laughs>
0: um, and just piggybacking off what we all talk about, one, one of my favorite things that, you know, James Baldwin always talks about is sort of the role of the poet. Uh, and just speaking of like, when you look at our society, you know, poets, you know, like, We were poets before we were playwrights and filmmakers and all these things. And so, poet in this sort of widest sense. And they, you know, during the time when he made the quote, you know, they were responsible in a way of kind of being journalists in a way, kind of giving us an honest depiction of sort of like who we are as society, where we're at, you know, and in some way making some some suggestions of where we're going. and, and that, that never left me, you know, seeing that and hearing him talk about that. And, and I'm just curious on your thoughts uh, to any of you, uh, you know, giving, you know, your own work, giving where we're at in the world, where do you see the role of the artist moving forward?
1: I feel like for me, it's, I mean, to each their own. I feel like inherently, in artistry it's like all about you know you having your own that sense of intention of why you want to express for me it's the age of like Nina Simone um adage of like it's the role of the artist to reflect the times you know but like how you know what that reflection is how that reflection is obviously is completely subjective um I don't know. I feel like for me, like my self-inflicted challenge to myself is bigger than any challenge (laughs) anyone could place upon me. Um, But I feel like, you know, I don't know. I think for me on some level, like it's about, I'm, I'm consciously thinking about like how am I going how am I challenging myself in a multifaceted way so it's not just about like the eventual piece of work it's about like how am I challenging the process how am I challenging the language how am I challenging the expectation how am I challenging you know like all these things are like all things that I'm thinking about um and then it's so funny like we've kind of mentioned here too, like about cyclical cycles and stuff like that. Like, you know, even when we think about the time that we're in now for me, it doesn't necessarily feel like where we are in times I have never been seen before. You know, this is just this cycles version of times that have happened before and will happen in the future, you know, on all levels, you know, um, Cause someone was asking me recently, like if everything's go with everything going on, like how is it affecting your work? And I'm like, the work stays the same because the 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 intuit you know, not the intuition, the intention is, you know, the intention and the focus is, you know, irrespective of where if we're in where we're we're if we're in within where we're within, like, you know, it's not um how do I say, there's like two times that I'm like conscious of. There's the time of like where we are now as like people, but there's also just my own time, you know? Um, So I'm more focused and um, committed to my own time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And, you know, allowing spirit to take me and explore things that, are interesting to me and you know there will be moments I'm sure I guess on some level have also happened so far where those two times kind of like sync up you know um but I'm like it's funny I I did um a round table recently with John O'Confra, and he was like saying the same something similar in that like he's more so focused now on honoring the work and honoring like the urgency of of the work that wants to come into his space as opposed to being concerned with if that tallies up with where we are at socially, you know? Um, So yes, I feel like for me, like there are many things (laughs) that I'm I'm constantly thinking about. Um, And yeah, some of those things sync up with exactly where we're at. Some of those things are ahead. Some of those things are behind. But again, is this whole cyclical thing of like, I don't know, I kind of like very much in my mind most of the time, so. so yeah.
0: No, yeah, it's important. I mean, again, when you talk about roles, you know, you have to always center yourself to just sort of define it. And so, mm. to your point, you, don't, um, you know, as opposed to maybe looking at it collectively. Um, and Terrence, you know, you recently, uh, you know, as we are looking at season two of Random Acts of Flyness and, and gearing up for that, you know, you recently said something interesting when people said, you know, where is season two? And you said outside. Um, you know. <laughs> 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 and besides being funny, I, I thought you exactly <laughs> 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 uh, And and in saying that, again, do do you see your role uh, now as kind of having to be the voice to make sense of it all, to depict it? Like, Where where do you see your role in it all right now? Um,
2: I guess, first of all, I would revise that statement now to say that season 1.5 is outside. (laughs) Because what season two is about to be about... It's not outside <laughs> it's some other thing but but uh, 1.5 is definitely outside and um, I don't know I, I think that like my role is so much as I have one that's like hopefully constantly growing or parallel to like just evolving as a person in a spirit but when you we, we were asking the general question i was reminded of um a quote that i don't know who, who said it but that the art it's something like that the artist is the only person in culture who can move from the throne room to the trap room or it was something like that it was like the artist is the person who can move through stratifications class-wise stratifications ideologically you know um because the expectation of the artist is the person that's always kind of like questioning themselves. It has a kind of like dynamic point of view. Um, and that, you know, obviously they're sought after, especially musicians I feel like sought after in all kind of corners of society, all kind of um, places. And I think that there's a, that level of mobility, kind of like social mobility, I think means that there's a little bit of a a possibility of, you know, carrying messages between um, people that don't talk or don't interact, Um, which is not all bad. You know, like, I think that there's a sectarianism to humanity that creates kind of like you know, when the tea is steeped for a long time in an isolated way, it creates cultural spaces that are really beautiful. And and I, I think it's just the kind of the artist moving through those sects is like a, a, you know, a message bearer. And I think I I think my main feeling is like thinking about what my message is, like what my um, yeah, what the, what the messages is being carried through. And I think very much so just in the realm of telling stories. I used to be super antagonistic to the concept of even the word story, like, or storyteller. But that was, I think, from a naivete or from some, like, concept, some egoic concept that I'm being oppressed by people who want a certain type of structure or something like that. But as I've kind of attempted to kind of dissolve that, I really think that stories, um, no matter how abstract or, kind of concrete they are, um, have the potential to help people understand their own circumstances, you know, um, and, and awaken possibilities within them so that so that they can sort of see themselves moving through circumstances without necessarily having to do it themselves. And and or heal things that they didn't s- you know, we didn't or we don't see the whole scale of when we're directly in them. And I think that that's like a healing modality, especially in the context of like, you know, for me, I like to tell stories about the subconscious and visualizing the subconscious. Mm-hmm. And, you know, visualizing the subconscious to me is how you heal your spirit and your mind. And I think that's a very, I think that's something I need, you know, always. And it's not like a thing that happens. You do it once and it's over. You kind of like always need to be doing it. You know, I think that's sort of the the philosophy of journaling. It's like just get out whatever's in there in in the whole mess of it, so it can be there, so you can reveal it. You can't heal it until you reveal it. You know what I mean? And so I think that I'm working through like how to how to really reveal, and because that's that's the thing that becomes difficult. It's like, am I going to say that? Am I going to really reveal that, that that's in there? You know what I mean? I guess so. You know, because you know, this is like we're all afraid of. I'm afraid of you know getting it wrong or judgment or criticism or you know any kind of thing that could come from revealing um, sort of any corner of my subconscious or the people, our people's subconscious. But I think it's it's the only way to heal. You know, all all the things that have harmed you know me or us, which is is you know part of the human experience is being hurt, getting hurt,
0: you know. Absolutely. Um, if if they were to just know everything in our brain and even on our calls, and and sing, <laughs> they wouldn't, they would ban that show. <laughs> you know? uh, but you know, you got to walk this this. You got to walk the talk a little bit, you know. Um, and so, you know, I, I think again, going to you, Martine, you just re- talked about recently you know, pausing being a professor to really sort of bring yourself into your work as an artist. Um, So, you know, what does that mean for you going forward?
3: Well, I like to kind of always be doing different things. (laughs) So it's like, even though I'm not teaching, I'm still, I don't know. There's a lot of other activities. That's just part of the way that I like to work. That I've kind of come to be very okay with like I think especially when I was younger one maybe pressure that I got was that I was you know it's like what do you do you do this and then you're doing this and that and I always just felt like that's kind of a marketing thing you know it's like people want to be able to be like you do this and identify you but um, I actually find it very inspiring to be like It's just different modes of thought and that's how i approach my art it's like a way of thinking and i feel like um it's a way i think through stuff with other people and so my artwork is still pretty collaborative i'm always working with different um depending on what i'm doing but lately i guess i've been writing a lot i have a i have some books that are coming out (laughs) so i'm doing that and you know, I'm always, I have like a radio show that I do. It's on NTS. It's monthly. And I continue to do that. And I'm going to be hosting another podcast. So it's just kind of like different, um, way, modes of address. I'm always trying to be with people and, thinking with people and I have no real interest in a kind of auteurship though I am I do have obviously a real vision in a way I like things to be done but um, like as far as my own process goes I I like to be around a lot of people and be working with a lot of people and kind of like get different ideas from them so right now obviously we're I have my It's my studio. It's very studio oriented, (laughs) but it's been great. I've been letting myself do all kinds of things that I never would before. Like painting. Ah, I never do that. (laughs) Stuff like that. Just like, you know, because like that fear or being like, it's not mine. It's not for me. Um, That's, I guess what I've been cultivating is really like just being really broad as far as, what my interests are and reading a lot Um, and like you said kind of that uh, school it's time for me to just uh, like be a student I'm perpetual student in that way so watching a bunch of stuff reading a lot of stuff reading a lot of what other people doing looking at other work Um, yeah and kind of you know and being outside a lot.
0: It's just important. Um, I want to pivot to a question. Go ahead, Terrence.
2: No, I was just thinking about like everything that Martine does. You know, like, Martine does everything. Like, it is all, it's so interesting because it's all, like, connected. Like, like Jen said, like, your voice is so clear. Like, there's a, there's a medium and it's called Martine. <laughs> you know, it's like, but it, but how it expresses, but especially like within the concept of publishing or like the kind of public intellectual, like your public intellectual thing. Um, but it's also like a fine art practice. It's also like, you know, a filmmaking practice. I just feel like it's very ins- inspiring to be able to watch you have a practice that contains all... of those modes of making and I actually think that there might be a I think this this is true for all of us in different ways but there might be a a new thing a new way of phrasing that because I do I, I feel the sort of role of artist or musician or filmmaker is like kind of stratified but I almost just talking about people on this call I wouldn't say that you all like have like Discrete practices, you know, like only, you know, only one thing, and like our, like you said, you know, you're bored with cinema, like, hi, but you can do it any day, you know. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know, it's sort of like, yeah, I just there's no question there. I was just observing that and like wondering if there's like language we should create around like what the role is, if there is even a right. role, you know, because the language. I do has- think.
3: I was just going to say, I do think you're right. It is more acceptable. Like, as a, like, I feel like people are more open to that. Like, and it is sometimes, it is really just a way I am. Like, I yeah. just like, I'm just sort of, I don't know. I would call myself a tweaker. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I don't sleep. I do. I'm sleeping great right now. For the- <laughs> but typically I don't. So I'm just like, you know, mm-hmm. oh, fuck it. Let's do this. Or like, if somebody's cool and they're like, hey, you want to, do this thing, I'm like, oh yeah, that sounds sick. Let's do it. And that's just always how I've been. So I think whenever I try to, um, like, I'm just making this gesture. I don't know what that means. Whenever I try to make myself fit, <laughs> it doesn't work. So I stop doing it. And it's just messy. It just stays messy.
0: And, and I'm going to ask a question it in a second. But I think, Terrence, you brought up something again of why I asked a question about the role. That you feel because I feel like the industry is designed to try to put people in roles and put people in boxes it's like the way that they a know how to make sense of what they have and also try to convince others whether it's an audience a studio or whoever to sort of buy into it um and so you know is there a need like which you just asked for us to start thinking about the role in a very different way um, so that people work can exist in ways that are honest to who they are, but still sort of check from a business standpoint, the things that, you know, a studio or a network needs, you know, um, is this the time, you know, especially when you have so many different voices coming up, you know, the industry is shifting. Um, is there a greater need for how we are looking at this? Um, you know, where, where do we where do we meet? the industry at is, I guess, the question.
1: Well, where does the industry meet us at? How about yeah, that? Okay, like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> We're here, so they know what it is.
1: Well, you,
2: you, uh, know, right.
0: I'm a, you know I'm I'm you know the artist where they're at. You know yeah. that,
2: so. Um, so, well, so you, I, I do think that there's like one big consideration there, it's like, and you know this very deeply, is that Random Acts is an example of the industry meeting Us and our whole team, where we were at, we didn't, we didn't move an inch. I'm surprised we didn't, (laughs) you know, but we didn't move an inch. So it's like it kind of spoiled, at least for me, it spoiled the concept of having to sort of, you know, like like Martin just contained the mess. into a concept that they understand or has precedent for them, And, and I think you know that's like a it may be something in my experience that we shouldn't entertain doing because we've been able to, to, you know, get them to come to us, like wherever we at. And I think I've, not to say that like, I've been on projects that didn't go well, obviously, different modalities and like, like one time I remember on a project that didn't go well, I, I drew a costume on a piece of paper. And it was like, let's do this costume. And they were like, cool. Everyone was like, costume. But later on, I was told that it was uh, what was the word they used? Arrogant. Draw the costume. It was. I was essentially like outside of my role. You know what I mean? It was like, parents. This is where you need to be. You know. And that happened in many different ways. I think that like that's a small thing, but that's the level of kind of. Fascism, we're dealing with that. Like it has to be this, so it might be a fool's errand to try and like. I mean, I tried, you know, that situation. So, so I don't think it's. I'm not above trying, but my feeling is we've also you and I have directly had the experience of they come to us.
0: Yeah, I mean HBO to that point has been great, you know, and I think that's why for a long time they've been a a sort of network that a lot of artists, you know aspire to be on and you know you see you know a lot of their shows is true I mean I'm obsessed I'm sure with a lot of people of I may destroy you right now you know I'm obsessed mm-hmm. with this. and I think you know even when you look at Random Acts of Flyness you know we we benefited not only from HBO the network but people we actually were there and are there. you know champion did understood it um But I think it also came to, as you know, Terrence, and part of how we framed the show. You know, I think, you know, that sort of how we framed the show helped also in a lot of ways for people to sort of understand what what they're they're getting to. But, you know, hands down, we got spoiled in the sense of that, you know, um, the rest of the industry, you know, yes, there are a lot of great places. And I'm currently working with a lot of other different networks who have afforded you know artists and I'm working with that same level of of engagement, but we all know as a whole. You know, I go back and I look at, for example, um, you know, the Richard Pryor show, and I don't know how many of you have mm-hmm. seen that. <laughs> <laughs> that show. You're like, who? Oh, that.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> that okay that
2: But yeah, look in the story. I don't know the exact story, but look at how that got how and why it got taken off the air too
0: yeah you know what i mean
2: like it's none of this stuff is like you know you know we all know it's not getting it there's the is five percent of the battle and then the the keeping it and then allowing it to grow and like i go back to you know i think martin brought it up before what what are we doing like what is like what's the point of moving images at all like why are we even making them there's like we, I think, once we're clear on that, and I think we are you know, in our own ways. But we can't you kind of can't argue with clarity? You know what I mean? You can't like. Yes. It just it is what it is, and then you know, like like I think, you know, both of you guys alluded to. It's this it's, you need the team. You need the team who is in numbers clear on the team, so that anybody who's coming on the team especially if that's like a network, they're coming on a team, they're coming into a vision. You know what I mean? And I think that that, then it just, there's, like, what it, but I think that's a real question too, because it's like now, especially, you know, what's the reason like to make a thing, you know, like it can't, it can't, like 795,000 because we have, you know, negligence that we, of a leader that we learned was palpable because of a television show. You know, like <laughs> you know, it's gotta be kind of some level of ethics or code of ethics in terms of like putting images on the screens. You know, we gotta figure we gotta figure out a high level of clarity why we're doing anything, I feel like and that's that's gotta be the first question.
0: Jen, did you wanna add to that? No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Well, I think, you know, clarity, you know, as you just mentioned, and I think, you know, pivoting to one of the questions from the audience, you know, in, in order to be clear, you have to have your thoughts sort of organized. Um, and so the question is, how do you organize the questions or the ideas that is driving your work? Um, are they tangible? Uh, do those things need to live outside your brain? And if so, how do you sort of sort your, the ideas so that when you are coming to somebody? You know, it, it, it's clear.
3: I mean, for me, I I guess that's why I said, like, um, it's marketing in a way, <laughs> like the way you, you frame it or you frame your work. Like, obviously, I'm interfacing with commercial art world, you know, with selling artwork, with fairs, with all these things as well. And so when I'm saying stay messy, I mean that's really for me and that's important for me to do in my practice but I also am not like sharing everything with everyone all the time. Um, maybe me probably more so than other people because I'm not on social media <laughs> so I really do try to stay in my world but a visual references are really important to me. I have like pretty extensive like uh, library like image kind of library and research and that was something I did for films for a while, um, like for work. So I'm always kind of putting things together visually. And I do like to kind of just make stuff making is a way I figure out how to do something. So when I'm early in a project or I'm writing, um, I'm kind of like immediately trying to work it out, like with, yeah, kind of my team or get one or two people in I'm just I'm always trying to externalize things actually as quickly as possible so that I can look at it and move it around and that's a big part of my organization you know like getting clear on my own thoughts and what it yeah. is I'm trying to do and if I'm like and eh, I don't feel like that's working so hard now I'm pretty meticulous about that kind of pre-work so by the time I'm sharing with uh, another person like a partner or something like Even you, when you were saying, when you're talking about these different networks, they are people, and I think that's the thing that's been really important for me to remember is it's like it's finding people that I connect with and finding people who are interested in my work. And I'm I'm honestly I'm not trying to convince them. It's like you know, it's like it's got to work for both of us. And I think coming to things that way, which is confidence, but it's also like you know, you do it. I think I, I, my own process is fairly rigorous that I'm like, no, I know, I know, (laughs) I know what I got here. And so by that point, um, I feel like I, I can talk about it and it's really clear, but I like to be very, some people are really open and share everything they're doing, like as they're doing it, that does not work for me. There's like a meme of like a rat in a trash can. That's like, don't look at my process that's how I am I'm like that like yeah until I'm ready no (laughs) so that's how I organize stuff but
0: (laughs) Terrence Jen?
1: um god yeah it's it's how am I organizing I guess for myself kind of similarly to like Martine like I am a gatherer, you know, so I feel like I don't make, I don't begin making work when people want me to make work. I feel like I'm just constantly like in a state of like gathering and thinking and synthesizing. Um, So I'm just constantly building files or constantly building ideas. Um, I mean, I guess for me, something that took me a long time was like, how to, was to work out how to um, combine or like, how to present the ideas I had, because they always felt so expansive. It, it was, I remember like, early on like my exec producers like you cannot keep writing treatments that are like 50 pages, yo. Like you <laughs> can't keep he can't keep doing this. Like it took I think literally up until last year, like I used to write like really extensive like um just extensive like treatments or just extent like just have extensive ideas because I'm trying to find to contain all the things that are in my mind. Um I think for me like it's still something i'm working out i mean i can't remember
0: what the genesis of the question was now but i'll keep going but um how do you organize you know the ideas that are or the questions that are driving work okay how
1: do i organize the ideas and the questions that are driving my work i kind of don't i kind of submit to be honest like and that's kind of like my new thing is like, not new thing, but that's something I'm like consciously thinking now is like, I realized like when I was making Rebirth, I just submitted in a sense of my spirit and my mind knew where the thing wanted to be. And I was actually just playing consciously, I was playing catch up to that thing. And so I guess on even on that level, it was very much um, an exercise in Kind of like what Terence was mentioning earlier just like vulnerability you know and just allowing the thing to be the way it wanted to be like so I even you know even if I watch that piece now I'm like oh okay that's what I was trying to do (laughs) oh that's what I was saying now I'm like literally like three years later like realizing in some things like consciously this is what this thing was trying this is what I was attempting to do or trying to do so a lot of like you know, to uh, Martin's point as well, like, um, kind of working, doing the making to work out the process as you go, you know, it's kind of like something I'm like, I guess my work is doing on some level. And also like, I've spent a lot of years like trying to contain myself for the sake of like, structures and people, it never worked, it just didn't work for me, you know, I've tried that now. So, I'm at the point where my voice is my voice and like the best thing I can do to honor that thing and to nurture that thing is to let that thing kind of like just come out and like, you know, the working out and the process of it doesn't have to be, you know, it doesn't have to happen in the order that I've been taught. It's kind of like when you're making, you're kind of like taught that you kind of like have this um, crystal clarity in what it is you want to make, then you make it and it's clear, you know? sometimes I'm like, my signature is a bit different. Like I'm understanding some things and I understand some things at a certain level, but it's through, through the making and it's through the the, the the birthing of the thing, you know, then the kind of the, the process, for me, the process continues, you know, like I always talk about how like, I want the work to work, you know, as in like, um, I want the work to teach me too, you know? Um, and I want the work to be generative beyond the point where I'm, I've kind of like completed it, you know, um, so again, I don't know if I answered the question and I'm not good at answering questions sometimes, but that's where my head goes when thinking about that.
0: Um, yeah, Terrence, do you have anything to add to it or?
2: Uh, I was just wrapped up in the answer.
0: <laughs> the answers, I yeah, it's, it's, it's all fascinating. And I think for myself, you know, if I could chime in as a creative producer, you know, like, you know, I, the way I normally arrive to projects, I, again, and it goes back to Martine, what I was sharing with you about being a student sometimes and reminding myself, because you'll get a part in your career where you, you're accomplished. And so you forget to go back and just, trench yourself into like just like learning just like you know what are things people are responding to or what are things and, and and always constantly you know fine-tuning even the greats you know even in sports you know Kobe and and Jordan and all them was constantly learning new ways switching up their hands and I always approach I love basketball so <laughs> everything to me is a basketball analogy um but you know um it's always either me for me it's like I become obsessed with things like it's either like a theme, um, a format, um, you know, an, something that I become obsessed with. And it's in that obsession that I just, again, I'll stay up all night if I have to just entrenching myself in it. Or, you know, for me, I, I've, I've supported a lot of artists, you know, over the course of my career. And so I've learned to not look at all artists kind of the same. So even when I see like, you Jen versus Terrence or Martine, all three of you have a certain texture to me, you know, it, it's not one-to-one, you know, it's, it's a certain texture that I feel. And so in, it's in that texture that comes the appreciation, but also trying to find the right project. I think will do two things, allow you to be that person that you are but that I think that I could, from a producer standpoint, go and make it make sense for somebody who probably can't see it. Um, And so I pivot to another question that the audience uh, raised and it's, as you know, Terrence, it's the number one question we get every panel is, how do we pitch, you know, random acts of flightness to HBO? Um, And people are always interested in how uh, such an unapologetically Black show was able to get on. You, you know, you always have an answer that I slightly don't uh, say is the same way, but I want you to sort of give your answer. Uh, what,
2: answer I, what answer do I have that isn't the
0: same? Go don't ahead, Jeff.
2: Uh, My answer is I don't really remember. I remember pitching it um, in front of like 90 people. And then, you know, my assumption was that after we pitched it in front of all those people, you, you went and pitched it without me there in different ways to different people to kind of get the whole bidding war going. But I personally wasn't there. So <laughs> I was like, I was kind of like, we already had, you know, we had shot the pieces of it. So it was, it didn't need to
0: be um, explained in a lot, in a lot I of think, ways. I think you, I think it goes back to what we talk about, about partnership, you know? Yeah. Like it started in, in me wanting to do this show so bad and do it specifically with you. And, you know, not to take up too much time in the panel to talk about it, but I mean, since the question is asked, I think it's important. I think, you know, first, again, it goes with that obsession and that texture. Like I was obsessed with the news. People were talking about how millennials don't watch news and we, the way people gather information, is different social media, blah, blah, blah. And I know your texture. And so I remember calling you and saying to you, you know, Terrence, like, you know, what would be your version of the news? Um, and you and I had a conversation in which you gave me an answer that you know was beautiful, you know, as always with you, like it was something that I appreciated and I could feel the texture. A little bit of it went over my head, even though it was great, you know. <laughs> and as I sat and thought about it, I was ready for you to be like, let's go. And then you said, and that's why I never do a show like that. <laughs> and so I remember being like, wait, what? what happened? And then, you know, I told you, like, get over yourself and call me back. And what I appreciate is that then you went back and found a project that you previously was working on that was called Random at the time. And you sent it to me. And it literally was what it was. It was like random ideas on a paper. And you were like, is this, is this what it? Is this what you, you're talking about? And so we developed it. And I think what was important on top of that in developing it, and then it became obviously Random Acts of Flyness is that we had an opportunity through you know, 150, which I was overseeing at the time to create a proof of concept. Um, and it's in that proof of concept we were able to shoot some of it, but we also took some of your previous existent work and put it together as what you would consider probably a third of a pilot, um, but you, I, I wanted you to be the artist that you were. And so as you were talking to the writers and, and everyone from the animator, the people around you, you were speaking in the way of how the show in its truest form was. And you know, even hearing you when you talk on panels, you speak to it as you know, a stream of consciousness um, and sort of a concept album, uh, which is all dope and very accurate. But when I went into the room, you know, that wouldn't necessarily translate to an executive who it's like, that sounds great, but what does that mean? And so, although it's not a new show per se, I understood that places like HBO were in the business of news. And so the way I presented it and pitched it was, you know, hey, first of all, here's Terrence Nance, here's his work, you know it, you know, and if you don't, you should, but more importantly, Here's a show that's Tarrant Nance's version of the news. Um, and so that they understand, you know, it's like, oh, we, we do news, sure. I'll take a look at that news show. And I'm like, great, here, <laughs> but without- I never,
2: knew, I never knew that you said that because that's- yeah, was always- I, 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 The only revision I have to your story is that you, my experience of when you first called me and said, what's your version of the news? my memory of what i said was like i would never do the news i will never do it <laughs> which and, and you know obviously but
0: i said you said that
2: and then i told you to get over it yeah. <laughs> but, but but i was thinking it's funny yeah that, that was my only
0: <laughs> but i said you said that but you gave me this answer and you were like yeah i would never do that and i was like get over yourself uh but it was all in jest you know like we we again we're, we're brothers um but When I was pitching it, you know, that was my way of allowing the people who needed to feel like they understood what it was to just say, you do news, this is a new show. Think of it that way, without then turning around and trying to tell you, Terrence, make a new show, which you know I've never did. You know, it's always make the show you wanna make and allow me to be your partner and making it make sense for the people without having to get you in your process, like be yourself, you know? And, and leave it to me to kind of figure out how we make it make sense for the people who need to make sense. But we've been very fortunate in that, you know, HBO and, and you know, and, and Nina and, and Aaron and, and Casey has been nothing but, you know, sort of receptive to working in that way. Um, I think we lost Terrence, um, but regardless of the fact, um,
3: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if
0: you're doing on time. Um, so I just want to start to head towards, you know, maybe wrapping up, unless you know, there he's are- here. Oh, there it is. Sorry,
2: it, it uh, um, couldn't hear anything.
0: Full so I- circle. I was just saying we've been very fortunate of not only the network but the people there, um, and being able to to do exactly what we do. Um, but you know, um, someone else just asked one more question. Hold on. How do you pitch the more abstract ideas when they're not for TV or network? Um,
1: Yo, what is that killer thing coming for you, T?
0: <laughs> it was a
2: beetle. with those beetles with the shiny green, which has been my spirit animal
1: recently.
2: <laughs> that was crazy. That thing was, you see that
1: thing? It's massive.
2: It was like- Where are you at in Dallas? I am just outside the crib, it was just like in the backyard, but uh, no, nah, it's in, in Los Angeles, but the, uh, the Beatle was big. It was a big Beatle, <laughs> not a game.
0: Well, the question that was asked is how do you pitch the more abstract ideas when they're not for TV or a network? Um, I'm not sure I understand the question exactly, um, but, It seems like, Martine, you might be the best person to sort of answer. (laughs) You are. uh, I'll try.
3: (laughs) Um, Well, yeah, I'm like, I don't know, pitching. I guess it's just like, if it's like a show or something, more in an art context, most of the time, I actually liken it to dating a lot. I feel like it's kind of similar in that, like, you know, you're just trying to see if there's a vibe. So um, I make, I do make visual presentations similar. Like I was saying, I, I really like to externalize my ideas as quickly as possible. Just that's how I think through stuff is by making stuff. So um, if, if I'm working on something there is some material that I usually have. And when there's not, it's just more conversational. I think it depends on what you're doing. It depends on who you're talking to. So it's hard to answer that question generally because um, another, another
0: another question came in that is in a similar vein. And 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 I know even Jen and Terrence, you know, we recently were at one of your museum premieres. Um, and, and the question is, you know, then what would be the pitching process if there is even one to pitch a museum or a gallery, um, if you wanna go that route versus, let's say media, film or, or TV. Hmm.
3: In, in my experience, <laughs> you're not so much pitching as I think, what I always say, honestly, to like students, or I get oh, this is a real grad student question. How do you get a gallery? I think you think about what gallery you like and go to all their shows. It's like you become a part of an art community. And I used to have a gallery space I did in Chicago for a while. It was really important for me to show my peers and have a peer group. Like, I think it's easy to um, think that you need to be doing something else, but it's like, I think having your peer group, you grow with those people You show work with them, you're in conversation with them, and being an active part, it's like the same thing in a crit. It's like you be the, you provide the crit you want back. So you say the things you wanna be hearing and that's how it happens. Like an art community is not like some magically created thing or something that comes from the top down. Like what's happening in the museum is like the last, not the last stop, but in a way it kind of is, you know, it's like an archive and the archives, we all know are associated with death. (laughs) So it's like, you think about the life of your art. And for me, I also think about the afterlife of my artwork. Like when Jen, you were talking about that generative quality to it. It's like, I'm not so personally concerned with having a hand in the afterlife of the work. But I know that when I look back on it, when other people look at it, they're going to have different relationships to it. But while I'm making it, It's like, I want it to be infused with life. I want my shows to be infused with life. And that comes from me actually being a part of a community of people, like a a real community where we show up for one another. I'm at other people's openings, they're at mine. We go to the club, we have conversations. There's like, all of that is what I'm interested in and have always been interested in and sort of came out of.
0: Awesome. Um, Jen and and Terrence, uh, the two of you also, you know, have a film collective um, and just recently had a museum show. Do you want to talk a little bit about both the collective and again, your process and how you went about pitching, you know, the exhibition?
1: Hmm. I feel like it is kind of, I don't know, sometimes I, 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 I don't know how to answer these questions because um, it's kind of like when people say like, um, they need a mentor kind of a question or like they want you to be their mentor kind of a question. Like, I feel like, I don't know, for me, kind of like to Martine's point as well, like, and I'll answer the, I'll try and answer the question. I'll get there. But like, I feel there's kind of like this kind of general, approach where people are almost like over considerate about where the work is going to be, where the work will reside before even making the work, you know? And I feel like we kind of need to flip that, you know, and be thinking about, again, to Martin's point, like, you know, what type of work do you want to be making? You know, I kind of feel like build it, they will come, you know? Kind of like, you know, how we form the collective is because it comes from a it comes from a more considered space of seeing through lines in what it is we're all making and wanting to explore what that conversation could be if we all came together and, you know, you know, kind of had these conversations about where we overlap and what we're interested in. Um, so to that point, you know, maybe Terrence can expand a bit more, but even with the show specifically that we have up, I think it's still up. Is it still up too? I can't remember. I'm not sure if it's still up. It might be still up. I but it's, it's
2: it just closed.
1: It just closed. Okay. In Rotterdam, you know, they very much knew the new of the work we had made as a collective and wanted us to do a installation embodiment of that work. Um, and so like I feel like I, I, I if if when I teach I talk to my students a lot about this too, which is like stop being so worried about because people kind of say to me or like, how did you like how do you pitch to record labels or how did you begin working with this person or how did this come about and i'm always very much concerned with i guess it's a lesson actually my dad kind of like instilled in me which is very much like make the work that interests you you know and if the voice if your voice is clear and if you spend time being committed to nurturing that voice people will come if they are interested right and so i kind of even with my students they stop wasting time like being obsessed even with networking you know the amount of energy you pour into networking if you pour that same energy into the work you wouldn't have to network that hard actually they'll just come to you you know um and so for me like i struggle to answer that question because i don't believe in what the typical answer to that question is you know i don't know how to, i you know i wouldn't know how to find a gallery i wouldn't know how i would say to you pitch to how specifically to pitch to a specific studio for your work to get greenlit. I just know and are concerned with how do we make work? How do you hone your voice, you know, and how do you listen to your voice? And how do you, how, you know, how do you create a sense of, how do you grow within your voice, essentially? And I feel like if you're doing all these things and if you're concerned primarily with the works, I think people get concerned a lot people are very much concerned with the distraction rather than the thing nowadays. And I'm just like, if you concern yourself and are focused around the work, that stuff will come in due course and when it's supposed to come. So I don't think that answers the question, but that's just like my kind of like stance on these things.
3: I've really been into this quote Angel Bat that we said that is, uh... Take care of your work, and it'll take care of
1: you. Right. Exactly. Exactly.
0: Yeah. You know, I look at when I use the term artist, I use it in its widest sense because, you know, again, if to to put a, a label on it would then make artists be confined, and so you know, again, and meet an artist where they're at. I. I think it's a little bit too for me, you know, on the side of being a producer, uh, uh, going back to Martin, what you said about, you know, how you aren't really concerned in the sort of afterlife of of the project. Um, and I think what I say by that is that I feel like there's a there's a there's a version that every artist have to sort of make a decision, you know, and it's not just always a one-time decision. I think it's like per project, per where you're at. like what part of the process are you willing to really be involved in and what are the other parts of the process that you want to um you know collaborate with somebody whether it's a producer whether it's having a really great you know manager or agent um you know a great writing partner um a collaborator because i think sometimes it's like you don't have to always take care of it all you know i think some of it is you know, having a really, really great team around you, and more importantly, a community. You know, we all sitting right here are connected in our own ways, uh, being a a really great, you know, partner to each other. And I want to sort of wrap this panel up because I know all of us um, have, you know, some times and commitments to right now um, to just once again say to all of you, you know, congratulations on all the work that you are doing um, I think it's extremely important that we do these type of conversations because a, it's a check-in for each other, but it's a check-in for the people that we're, you know, our audience that we're looking for. And as I mentioned to you up top, you know, we don't show people our faces, you know, there's somebody else somewhere else that don't know it's possible. And so for those reasons, once again, thank you all. Um, I don't know if there's any closing things you would love to say, um,
3: Just thank you, (laughs) and thank you, guys.
0: Thank you. It was was great. And once again, thank you to the roundtable and the entire team. This has been awesome. Thank you to the audience for tuning in. Obviously, this conversation—we have so much more that we could say, uh, but in the time that we said it, I hope that everyone watching, you know, walk away from it. And if you can, go back and rewatch it. You know, again, be a student. All right. Thank you, guys.
1: Thank you. Bye,
3: everyone. Take care, you both. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.